0: music's even stopped. <laughs> That's wonderful. I thought it was a game show or something. Uh, okay, good evening, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, my name is John Leonard. I'm chairman of the Board of Appeals, and we're here uh, this evening uh, regarding the application of Moore Enterprises, LLC, uh, for a mixed-use building at 440 uh, uh, Granite Avenue in Milton, Massachusetts. Uh, with me uh at tonight's hearing, uh, board members uh, Jeffrey Mullen and board member Nick Gray. Uh, the Basically, the rules of the board we'll hear from the applicant uh, this evening and we'll hear from any person present who may have uh, questions or any other attorneys who may be interested in this particular application. We know of none at the present time. We haven't received any correspondence uh, indicating that that's the case. So uh, let me uh, outline the application, the advertisement, and we'll get uh, this hearing going. I should note that uh, Mrs. McGettrick has uh, filed a lot of uh, materials, including the materials regarding this application. Everything is on our website. So that um, I'm going to try to be relatively brief and hopefully not confuse people with uh, some of the issues that are before us, uh, but if uh, anyone needs more detail and would like to read some of the original documents, they're all available um, for public consumption and have been for a long time. So with that being said, uh, this application uh, involves the uh, application, the applicant's intend to demolish uh, several buildings that presently exist on the 440 Granite Avenue site. Uh, and to construct a five-story mixed-use building, um, the architectural plans are on uh, on record. Uh, the new building is proposed to contain 34 residential dwelling units, 2,600 square feet of commercial space, 42 interior parking spaces. Uh, the property is uh, in a primarily in the business zoning district of the town of Milton. Uh, with a small portion of the property being in the residency uh, district. Um, Mrs. McGettrick has indicated to us that the historical commission has made a determination that the existing buildings on site which should be demolished are not historically significant. Uh, The applicant is seeking uh, basically nine variances here. Uh, I'm going to just outline them, but the technical uh, Issues for each variance and the citation to various portions of the zoning bylaw are set forth in the application, which has been published here for three weeks and likewise appear on the website. The, the first application that's being sought is a use variance, so as to allow a single mixed use building with 34 residential condominium units and two commercial units on this property, which is in the business district. The applicant is also seeking a special permit in order to allow the building in the business district to be five stories high. The applicant is seeking a variance for the height of that building so as to allow the maximum height of the building to be 72 feet 17 inches. The uh, applicant is seeking a right setback variance oh, on the right side of the back of the building facing mechanics <laughs> to be a two for a two two foot setback rather than the six feet that are required. Uh, the applicant is seeking variances relating to parking so as to allow 34 condominium units uh, and the automated uh, parking
1: uh, system, which will be we're getting some chatter here. Do you know where that's coming from?
0: Okay, it seems to have calmed down. Uh, Also a variance to allow uh, 38 of the indoor residential parking spaces uh, to require movement of another vehicle in order to exit the premises. A variance from uh, the zoning bylaw to allow 4 on-site parking spaces for 2,600 square feet of commercial development in the building rather than the 17 which are required under the law. And likewise, a variance to allow 50% of the four on-site commercial parking spaces to be for compact cars rather than 25%. And lastly, a variance to allow vehicles to exit uh, from the four on-site commercial parking spaces uh, to a public crossing, a public sidewalk in order to exit the building. So, uh, Mrs. McGettrick, it's always good to have you back uh, um, and welcome back to the Board of Appeals. Uh, um, let's. Uh, what What is uh, the best way you want to make your presentation tonight so we can handle this in, in as expeditious but a uh, thorough manner as possible?
2: Well, I'd like to make a few introductory <laughs> comments, uh, but briefly, and then I'd like to, with your permission, turn um, the presentation over to Tony Shao. From Gold Alexander. They're the architects in this project. Tony is going to explain the layout of the site and the building design, and he's also going to present some um, supplementary information that's been developed over the past year to show what the impact of this development is on the area surrounding it. Um, is that acceptable? Um, we, we do not have our traffic engineer here tonight. I have provided you, but well, this is an unusual application in that we have already completed peer review of both the engineering traffic and parking plans. And, you know, changes have been made as recommended by those peer review engineers. And in the end, um, all of those, all of those studies concluded that this development design would work on this site and that the parking and particularly the traffic impact would be minimal from the design. So um, normally you go through the application and you and this information is introduced or added as we go along. But we have this ahead of the, uh, time because we developed it in our hearings before the planning board. And we have provided all of that information to the board. So we weren't going to have our traffic engineer here tonight. Um, if you want me to summarize traffic and engineering um, study results at the end, I can certainly do that or we, we can see how the time is after we do the presentation. Does that
1: so
0: sound that, like that? That, that sounds uh, perfectly acceptable. We're, we're not here to uh, to plan the uh, project or to uh, get involved in a lot of engineering uh, details and sophisticated stuff. Um, we're here on the application seeking variances and special permits and other relief. Let me just ask you one question that uh, perplexed me a little bit because it, it seems to me from the
1: record that I uh, did read uh, that there were. Are you okay? Yeah, that's not Joe. Joe is not calling you, is he? (laughs) No.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay, that's fine. That's good. Um, You seem to have multiple hearings uh, before the planning board, and a lot of give and take, and reading the submissions that you've made. uh, You seem to have made a uh, a lot of. accommodations to the request for the planning board and maybe other members of the public. I, I haven't watched those planning board hearings and I don't intend to. But um, I, I guess my question is, I I thought the record showed that um, uh, you you withdrew your application before the planning board in order to, in order to appear before the Board of Appeals because Uh, you needed uh, variances and special permitting relief. Um, It's my recollection that on perhaps smaller projects, um, the planning board um, hearings were suspended and the applicant would then come before the Board of Appeals looking for uh, variances and other relief. And if they secured that relief, then they'd go back to the planning board uh, to, to finish up the plan and get it approved. Um, but is there any significance to the fact that your application before the Planning Board has been withdrawn? And so if we then give you the relief you're seeking here, uh, do you just go back to touch the bases before the Planning Board, or is it going to be another ten hearings before the Planning Board?
2: Well, I hope it isn't another 10 hearings. But yes, um, that's how one of the things I wanted to explain. So thank you for asking about that. Um, okay. so we filed this application first. We filed it in March 2021. We filed the planning board site plan approval application in April. And the expectation was that things would proceed the way they have for other hearings of this type, where you have a parallel process. Perhaps you hold both hearings more or less at this, you know, along the same time frame. But the site plan application regulations require that if zoning relief is required for a project that it be granted before the planning board will approve a site plan so what happened here was we began our hearings and unfortunately due to the press of uh, work for the before the board of appeals we were not able to schedule a hearing with you for a very extended time and we did continue the hearings before the planning board for a long time from about, you know, off, off and on from June till November 2021. Um, at that point, we had presented all of our testimony. Um, we also had, there were some um, personal issues for the applicant, um, a family crisis. Uh, the <laughs> didn't asked for some extra time because of that, I'm still hoping that we'd have a scheduled Board of Appeals hearing by the time we were in January or February 2022, but that did not happen. So at that point, we wrote a letter to the planning board and said, we think it's best that we withdraw this application. We have to have the zoning relief in order for you to make a decision. We'll wait until we get the hearing before the board of appeals and see what happens with that. And then should we be granted the relief that we're requesting, we would then apply, reapply for site plan approval with the planning board. And you know, at that time we would incorporate all of the information that we developed in the prior year. As part of the application, um, so in fact, the composition of the planning board has changed since then. Um, it's I can't certainly can't predict what the result will be, but that's the process that I expect to follow if the board of appeals um, feels there's merit to our application.
0: Okay, that's uh, that's great. That,
2: uh, that that's helpful. Yeah, and and that's a summary. I don't have to present that information. I was planning to explain that. Um, I'm just going to say briefly, um, 440 Granite Ave. yes, is a combination of other lots, but since the mid-1800s, they've all been used and owned by the same owners, and they've all been in what we call mixed use. Some buildings are residential on the lots, and some buildings are commercial. It's always been leased property, um, and so while this building is a very different design, the concept of the use is not different from the historical use of the parcel. It's approximately 20,000 square feet triangular in shape. What makes this parcel unique and what provides the argument for granting variances are not just one factor, but a number of factors. It does face the expressway directly, and it is there is a horrendous amount of um, noise and fumes from the expressway that affect this parcel. Those factors also affect other areas in East Milton Square. So that's not enough to say that this parcel is unique. Um, what also makes it unique is the fact that um, the deck, the East Milton deck, which does provide, it does buffer noise to a certain extent and uh, and smells and and uh, other intrusions from the expressway. That helps in the center of the square and it, it provides a protection for some of those commercial. Um, parcels in the center of the square. But the deck doesn't extend to this site. There's nothing protecting this site from the expressway. In addition, there's an exit ramp from the expressway that empties directly onto Granite Ave right in front of this site. This is um, a parcel that's on the edge. It's a very small portion of one rear area that's in the um, residential district. Milton Zoning Bylaw Allows um, the application of business district re- uh, zoning setback requirements to that parcel because for up, back to a certain number of feet from the edge. So effectively, this whole parcel is in the business district. Um, so we're on the edge of the, we're in the business district, but we're on the edge of a residential district. Um, and finally, um, with, there's there's probably. It's the combination of these factors that really makes this a unique site. Um, Not any one, but all of them together. And it's the reason we're here before you today with variance applications, because even if zoning is developed for East Milton Square, it needs to apply in a general way to all of the lots in in the business district. This lot has some unique characteristics and would be likely to require zoning relief in any case, even if zoning new zoning is developed for the remainder of the square, and the other side of of that question is that um, if you were to grant relief for this lot, it isn't necessarily applicable to other parcels in East Milton Square, and it doesn't necessarily set some kind of development pattern um, or precedent for the square. After you know considerable study before we filed any of these applications. And in the midst of there being discussion about new zoning for East Milton Square, the applicant's determination was that this parcel is so unique, it really deserves uh, consideration on by itself based on all of these difficulties. And it requires a very creative design to address the difficulties. I'm not... Um, I. I'm not going to present the design. Um, I'd like Tony Shao to do that um, in some detail, and you'll have a chance to ask plenty of questions about that. I'm just going to say one more thing about the history of the site. Um, it is an interesting site. Um, East Milton's business district history is identified with the Granite Railway and the inventor of the Granite Railway, Gridley Bryant. I've done some more research on this since we first filed our application and I found Gridley Bryant to be a particularly interesting person, and I haven't heard much talk about him in the, with the history of East Milton Square. He created a very unique design for the transportation of granite from the Quincy Quarries to the Deposit River. This led to the growth of the East Milton Business District around the granite industry. He was a self-educated master builder. And had, builder. He had hardly any years of schooling. Um, he was a construction engineer, and he later constructed the Bunker Hill Monument, among other buildings. He also has a son, Gridley James Fox Bryant, who was a famous 19th century architect and builder. I think this is a, you know, another interesting part of the history of this site. Um, While the building is modern and different, um, there are ways in which this history can be remembered in the naming of the building and in the way the first floor exhibits the history, uh, if that's of interest to anyone. So um I'd like to keep in mind this unique history as we go through this application. And um, I, I uh, would appreciate your consideration of our request for a variance. The special permit is for the height of the building. Our zoning already allows a five-story building in the in the business district, 65 feet in height, but you have to, but it's only by special permit. The station is no substantial detriment to the surrounding area. So much of the presentation before the planning board also addressed this issue of substantial detriment. What what will the effect of this building be on the surrounding area and of the site plan? And uh, our presentation tonight about the building and design is especially going to be talking about that. So um, with your permission, I'd like to turn this presentation over to Tony Hsiao, and he would like to share screens so that he can go through some of the um, visuals.
0: Sure. Before we do that, Marion, just let me me check with um, Mr. Mullen and uh, Nick Gray to see if they have any questions for you on your opening remarks. Jeffrey, do you have any questions or comments?
3: No questions at this time, John.
0: Okay. Mr. Gray?
3: Just a very quick one. Uh, Attorney McCatrick, are you, given the really tight standard that we have for granting variances, are you really convinced that this project can meet the standard for all of those variants. I mean, it's 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 such a tough standard, and I know you know that. And I but I'm just I guess I'm I'm asking the question by way of saying I got a lot, there's a lot to convince me that this is going to not be a substantial detriment to the to the you know, to meet the standard that's in 40A section 10. That's all I'm saying. So I'm I'm excited to hear about the plans, and we'll we'll take it from there. It was that was more of a rhetorical question? I guess
2: sorry. And I will attempt to continue to get back to it as we go through each variance, each design characteristic. And I realize it's a it's a tough uh, standard to meet. That's the best I can tell you. We'll we'll see how we do.
1: Okay,
0: well, why don't we, uh, I've got a few questions, but I think I'll reserve them, so why don't uh, we begin the presentation with uh, Tony Shaw, and uh, uh, you can present your case, and let's see where this goes in a very uh, straightforward and methodical manner, and see where we are at the end of the day.
4: Uh, thank you very much, John, and members of the board. I'm going to try to screen share, and hopefully this will go without glitch, so just bear with. That'd be great, we'd appreciate that. Can you see my screen? Perfectly. Okay. Uh, thank you very much. My name is Tony Shaw. I'm a principal and director of design at Fingold Alexander Architects. We're based in Boston. I'm also joined here by my colleague, Ellen Henseloni, also a principal in the firm. Um, We'll also be available if there's other questions that might arise. And I'm just going to try to go through this project and step-by-step lead you to where we are and how we got here. So, um, so it starts here, I think initially the, the the overarching information, which I think is in the amount of data Marin has provided to you, but I'm just going to try to encapsulate the key things about this project, which is encompassed here, and we can always come back to this. So the program for this project is as follows. The parcel is 20,212 square feet, and the total residential retail support development is just under 60,000 square feet as you can see here. We have a parking area of 9,260 square feet and a total gross area, including the basement portion of 68,931 square feet. The height of the project as proposed is 64 feet, two inches, but we'll get into more details about that. And as I said, the total project mix is a combination of retail and residential um, with a basic residential on the upper floors consisting of 31 two-bedroom units, 30, yeah, 31 two-bedroom units, three one-bedroom units, a total number of 34 units, which also includes four affordable units within the development. And the to- total square footage of the ground floor retail is 2665 square feet. So these are the kind of the big picture issues on the, on the quantities. with related to the parking, um, uh, which has been updated as of December, Within the interior part of the building itself, we have this 38-stacker parking, which is dedicated to the residential spaces, two garage visitor parking spots also available 24-7, two handicap accessible parking spaces, therefore totaling 42 total interior parking spaces dedicated for the use of the residents and visitors. In addition to that, we also have four outdoor visitor parking spaces which is off Mechanic Street, which is available in the evenings from 6 p.m. to 7 a.m., because during the daytime, they will be used for the retail component. So effectively, it's does dual use. It's provided for retail uh, tenants and visitors during the day, and then in the evenings, it's used for visitors uh, for the residents at night. Therefore, the total parking count for the project, which include those uh, four additional spots in the evening, is 46 spaces, And if we look at the ratio differently, if we look at just the strictly dedicated spaces for daytime parking within the building, it's 42 spots for 32 units at a 1.25 parking to unit ratio. And then if you add in the nighttime, those four additional nighttime spaces, which brings a total up to 46 for 34 units, now we're at a 1.35 ratio of parking to units. In addition to this, we also have along Granite Avenue Three proposed loading and pickup and drop off spaces dedicated to allow people to drop off, pick up and load. Eight surface parking spaces on Granite Avenue and totaling 11 surface parkings along that street which as we proposed includes the removal of several curb cuts in the redesign of this therefore allowing us to gain additional parking that currently exists because we've eliminated all those curb cuts that currently exist. So therefore, when you add the 46 spaces for the residential portion plus these 11 surface spaces along Granite Avenue, there's a total parking on-site of 57 spaces. <clears throat> Finally, in the statistics, we also provide bike storage for the purpose of the residential use, and there are 30 bikes dedicated within the basement and a 10 additional on the first floor for, for, or for a total of 40 bike storage spaces within this development. And if there's any questions, feel free to ask. Otherwise, I'm going to move on.
5: Why don't you continue
4: with the presentation? I'm sorry,
5: John. Can I just Can I just ask a question? Of course, you can, Mr. Mullen, please. On what? How is it that you're counting spaces on the public way as spaces
4: on the site? That total parking count is simply the total number of spaces across the entire site, but those dedicated to the residential portion itself is 42 within the building for a uh, uh, surface spaces after hours in the back, and I will show that in the floor plan. So there's 46 total spaces available, in other words, for the residential use uh, in the evening hours, and then there are just 11 additional spaces on Granite Avenue, which is, is primarily dedicated for the retail components and also visitors, but mostly how, probably for that. I don't understand that. Uh,
5: how can that be? Has the town said that?
2: Let me, I I think I should interrupt here and say, these are public parking spaces on Granite Ave. What what we have been able to do here is eliminate three, actually it's four curb cuts on Granite Ave, which allows more public parking spaces to be created on Granite Avenue. All of the um, loading zone uh, spaces that are shown on this plan are subject to approval by the town. And because this is a public parking space loading zone area, the town would have to approve it. The traffic commission would have to review it. So that would have to be subject to approval by the town. We we are looking at it as part of the likely parking that will be used by visitors to the commercial space and likely uh, evening visitor spaces. Um, that will be used by visitors to the development, but this is not parking that belongs to this development. And I don't know what these calculations are exactly, but in terms of counting spaces w- with this development, you, you should only be counting the ones that are on site.
5: Yeah, yeah, I agree, I, and I, th- I think the slide should be corrected. I mean, uh, uh, we, is- we can't, we can't, we can't rely on that. That, that, we, we shouldn't. So, okay, fair point. That, that's my point. one
6: thing I wanted to say though is that the total parking count dedicated to the project is is 46 and those are all contained within our site and that's how these ratios are based on what the other information about what's available on the street is is not counted in our ratios at all right right we can make that more clear
1: yeah you you, I mean I mean
5: it's a small point but you might as well Mm -hmm. just be for me the 11 spaces, you might as well just add the rest of East Mil- Milton, because you could use those. As- <laughs> okay. So it's a very confusing slide, and it undercuts the presentation. That's my point.
4: Okay. Thank you very much. apologize for that confusion. that was, was not intentional, um, but Ellen is right, it is 46 spaces on site de- developed for the residential and development only, and we not count it, we do not count those 11.
2: So that okay. really should be taken off that list. Yeah,
4: we'll remove that information yeah. going okay. forward. Okay. Um, any other questions before I move on? Not okay. here. Okay. So now I'm going to go into the essentially the ground level first floor plan and just try to explain uh, what this shows. Um, so by way of orientation, Granite Avenue is at the bottom of the page. Mechanic Street is here on the angled uh, side view. My, I hope you can see my mouse. So essentially what we have here is um, I'm going to start along Granite Avenue. This consists of ground floor retail This is shown in two locations here, a residential lobby and an additional uh, artist live work studio, which is also one of the affordable uh, units, which is shown here in this corner. So this comprises essentially the activation along Granite Avenue in terms of what is proposed in the use pattern. Behind this area here along Granite Avenue, this is where the parking um, system occurs. It is accessed off Mechanic Street which is shown here, comes in this way, and then basically uh, people who live in the building can go into the stacker parking system here, the total of 38 parking spaces. And then on the surface, there are are four additional spaces shown here, two of which are handicapped and two which are also visitors. So therefore, that is the total of 42 parking spaces contained within the building itself. Uh, As we proceed further along Mechanic Street here, There's also additional surface parking spaces shown back here in the corner. These are four spaces for visitor use. Again, during the daytime will be primarily used for the purpose of the retail uh, component. And then in the evening when it's after hours, it can be additional visitor parking spaces for residential use. Hence that brings up the total from 42 plus these four to 46. There are additional elements shown along the project site boundaries such as a transformer location, their plantings. We will get into that later in the presentation. Um, And then furthermore, as we move along the street edge, uh, you will see on the design, uh, we have a particular series of architectural moves to begin to break down the scale along the streetscape. We are showing here in response to that question earlier, uh, Jeffrey, this is the 11 spaces that are currently proposed along Granite Avenue, of which three of them here essentially comprise the loading, receiving, pick up and drop off spaces. And so uh, that is what constitutes the parking along Granite Avenue. Um, and then with the other things that I'm going to simply point out here with respect to the distance that the project occupies on the ground floor is that the along Granite Avenue, the essential retail components and the affordable uh, artists live works studio um, is set back approximately 13 feet from the edge of the curb to basically the, the plane of the facade which occurs right along here. And then furthermore, as we turn the corner along Mechanic Street, essentially this component is 10 feet back from the street uh, uh, curb cut as shown in this dimension here. Uh, The transformer area shows a sidewalk of six feet uh, in terms of its overall dimension. And then all all we have along here, along the side street, which is the adjacent parcel, there is a uh, six foot um, width zone here and then part part of it contains sidewalk to access support spaces for the purpose of the building, and the rest of this would be landscape along this edge within the property. Uh, There are proposed a series of plantings and treescapes and other things which is, you know, more detailed in the project submission, but this is essentially the the key parts about the ground floor plan. There are other areas that revolve around trash and recycling, um, support and storage areas, and so on and so forth, and within the residential lobby, we have a, a major entrance to the Residential with package and, and mail rooms and then the elevators which lead up into the residential units themselves. And then finally over here in this corner, this is where we allocate 10 of the parking spaces at this essentially first floor level. And then you'll see in a little bit later 30 additional spaces uh, in the basement level below this. So this comprises the, the big um overview of the ground floor plan. Are there any questions about this before I move on?
5: Yes. Um- is is the black dash line? Is that the property line?
4: That is the property line.
5: What's the distance between the property line and the facade of the building? And uh, that's part of the question. What's the width of the actual public way, the sidewalk, back a curb, to the property line? And then, is the balance of that thirteen feet? Is that going to look and feel like a sidewalk? And is that what's is that what's proposed, or will it be a
4: fence along the property line? Yeah, um, you know, the, the whole thing along the property line here, this is all gonna be perceived as a sidewalk and it's overarching width. Um, we're also proposing to do right at the edge of the um, part of the sidewalk and along the street is proposed as a, a brick paper strip. Uh, this is not unlike uh, some of the things that occur in the, in the business district in order to dress up this particular sidewalk. Um, everything here, of course, will be completely new um, in terms of the uh, sidewalk treatment. Um, with respect to your question about how far back is this edge set from the property line, um, I don't remember the exact number. Alan, do we recall this? I think it's on the order of six feet. It's approximately six feet basically from the property yes. line to this facade here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what we're, well, we're asking for the relief that Marion referred to later in her opening remarks is that um, on the upper part of the building uh, above this ground floor plan, this dash line, which I'm just highlighting right here, which is kind of in between the property line and the building facade. This is the extent of how the building kind of cantilevers slightly above the ground floor plan, which you will see in the renderings to follow. Um, and here's where we're uh, requesting some relief on that because we are uh, not, not we're we're less than the six feet requirement away from the property line because we're pushing forward the upper floor plans to come closer to the property line, and and that is one of the things we're going to show you um momentarily in the facades and perspective views
3: if that helps thank you okay so there are 34 units in this building if i wrote it down correctly that's correct where where is an 18 wheel uh truck going to park or moving moving people in and out of this place
2: proposal is that it's going to park in okay. the loading zone.
3: And where is that? You know that's
2: subject to the town's approval whether it, that's in front on Granite Ave where those dashed lines are. These
3: three, these three
4: zones. That's why here. three
2: spaces are designated here. What's so the
3: it, length of that three space um, spot? How long is I, that? I believe
4: on the typical space it's I believe it's on the order of 20 feet wide. Right. It's a standard to mention for parking parallel parking situations. So I, I don't have. I can get to the exact numbers later, but I think on the order it's close to 60 feet from here to here.
3: So given the extreme traffic that occurs on Granite Avenue, which is um, horrific, is is it is it even plausible that an 18-wheel truck can make a delivery in those three spaces and unload without causing mayhem in in Granite Avenue i i I'm looking at the site plan, thinking, how are people going to get in get their stuff in and out of this project mm-hmm. right in and out of this building
6: Marion, can I just comment on that so we work we work with our traffic engineer to figure out where the best location is to do that. I mean, I live in Milton, so I understand the horrific traffic um so the thought is that this being the being the three spaces, um, they will be able to, to pull right in. There will be no cars parked in front. Tony, could you point to the corner of mechanics? And so it, there's clear way to pull in and pull out of this area. And as Marion mentioned, we have not, you know, vetted this totally with the town, but we do know that, you know, loading is an issue. Uh, and
3: we've addressed, we feel as though we've addressed it here. Okay, because I'm having a real hard time believing that it's addressed in this project. Okay. So the rest of your proposal and maybe maybe it'll become clearer. Okay. Tony,
1: do
4: you
1: want to continue with your presentation?
4: Sure. I'd be glad to. Okay. Um, sure. This next plan is essentially the same plan. The only thing we're just simply showing here is how the actual, you know, visitor parking is shown. And then this is just, this was all done and vetted through... Uh, traffic analysis and parking analysis and how actually vehicles pull in and out of the parking spaces. That was a question that was raised uh, since we're proposing a stacker parking system. Uh, and again, it has been reviewed. Um, and this has been determined in terms of how it actually works. So uh, this information has really been carefully thought through. We've been working with the, with the parking consultants, parking experts, transit experts, and all these things has been vetted through us to actually how the system works. So this is this is simply just illustrating that particular issue on the parking garage turning diagram that some folks had requested before. What's the
3: size of the vehicle that you based the turning uh, study on? So this
4: allows to do full size SUVs uh, in here, and the way the system works, it accommodates you know a, a large, up to a large SUV, and the system ac- accommodates a different range of vehicle sizes. But that's that's making sure that it can accommodate a large vehicle.
1: Okay,
4: so on the parking situation, this is the lower level here. Um, this is shown in the basement area underneath. So these these are the stacker parking spaces which are shown in this location, and then uh, the area that is dedicated to additional storage for the residential uh, units, which are shown as 33 storage units, and then additional 30 parking, uh, excuse me, bike storage spaces, which is developed here. Okay. Uh, Then when we come up to the second floor plan, uh, this is uh, showing the development of where the starts of the residential unit begins above the ground floor retail. Um, Again, it's uh, shown here is one one one-bedroom unit, eight two-bedroom units. Again, uh, the unit that's circled in the red is identified as one of the affordable units. Um, Essentially, this shows the overarching sense of the, the, the key thing about the project design also is that we mass, the the bulk of the mass towards Granite Avenue, therefore allowing us to step down the scale of the massing as it moves towards the rear along Mechanic Street and towards the residential portion. So this back portion here um, is essentially a second floor private terraces which come off of these units here, and then this essentially is a two-story component. Then here this comes down to one-story component which is the green roof above the rear uh, parking and uh, service areas uh, below. So this is an enabling us to scale back. They're all amassing a long Granite to scale lower and lower as we get towards the rear. The overarching width along Granite Avenue is just 66 feet from here to here. And then the, the zone that is the second uh, floor private terraces off of the rear is just a little over 16 and a half feet. And then the remaining portion, which is this kind of trapezoidal triangle area left, is just a
1: little over 44 feet in this portion
0: back here. Marion, yes, can I ask you, Tony, can, oh. hold on one second. Marion, sure. can I ask you a question here? Uh, I understand the, the complexity of the project and Nick has pointed out some of the initial issues here, but uh, are we really dealing with planning board issues here? I mean, we want an appreciation of what the project is like in a general sense, but uh, you know, when you, I, I, I think all of these items that are being discussed presently, uh, don't relate to variances or special permits except in a very tangential s- sense. Uh, we're kind of looking at the big picture here, and yet uh, the presentation is going into the minutiae and the details that, uh, uh, frankly, I don't think are before us and. Uh, you can certainly present any presentation you want. I'm not going to stop you, but it—it just—it seems to me that um, we're we're doing planning board stuff here, and that's not our job. No, I think okay. I think we're concerned with what, uh, uh, what, the, what are the uses and the intensity of the use to some extent, and what type of, uh, of relief you're requesting, and is it uh, as, as you point out in the Dion case. Uh, you know, is that the shape of the property and the area and all of the uses that go into whether variances or special permits uh, should be uh, uh, permitted. And so, I mean, we we can go on, but then I I don't want to stop you, but I I just think uh, we're not the planning board. And I I don't want to be the planning board. (laughs) Because then you're going to go back to the planning board, hopefully, if you get your variances. And special permits and other relief, and uh, they—they're going to say, "Well, the board of appeals. What are they dealing with the planning board issues for?" And aren't, aren't they constraining us in our analysis of the uh, property for the planning board because the, their 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 issues are more related to space and movement and safety mm-hmm. and access and that type of thing. And, you, you, you and that's exactly
2: out. correct. And and because we have been before the planning board. We have, for example, discussed the loading zone in front of the building, um, whether that's better uh, in this case than anything else that could be proposed because it keeps trucks and loading off Mechanic Street and the residential area. Um, let me just say this um, there are a number of features of the architecture and the site plan that directly address the question of impact on the surrounding neighborhood. We're not planning to spend hours tonight making this presentation we'll go through um, really quickly, actually, or we had planned to. Um, We just want to show you, we end up having to show you the layout on each floor because that's just the way the plan is prepared. But for example, looking at this slide in front of you now, what's significant about this slide in terms of the relief requested and the zoning issues is the fact that the front of the building, the height of the building, the 65 feet, or the 64.2 feet, is towards, is next to Granite Ave. In back, going back 60 feet to the the nearest rear residential um, property is a distance that's 20 feet and then 10 feet. And this is an attempt to design the building which requires height and density in order to be built at all, but without having any height back towards the residential buildings. That's a question that speaks to impact on the surrounding neighborhood. So there are aspects of design here that we want to explain to you. Um, I, I get what you're saying, and we're, we're going to try not to, where this is nowhere near the level of detail. So in some cases. I, I, so I would
4: we- propose this, Marion. I think what yeah. we're going to do, and I appreciate very much, John, that we need to be relevant to what you, your, your particular board is purviewing. So I'm going to very quickly go through this and not get okay. into the details. I think when we get to the renderings, that is particularly more relevant, I think, to your to your concerns that you're raising. So thank you very much, we'll focus this. So I'm just gonna pass through this rapidly. We have additional residential units on level three, level four, and level five. The only thing that I'm just gonna simply point out is on level five, the top level, we are setting back this top floor, additional six feet on the perimeter, which is shown in the outline here. And again, you're gonna see that in perspective views, but this is kind of the big picture about how the overall project is organized. And then on the top roof plan, we have essentially a series of uh, solar PV's that are proposed. We're trying to do a very sustainable development. And then here also, which uh, does have an impact on some of the things that you're going to be weighing in on, is a mechanical area here, which is screened in. It is held back from the roof edge, and there is simply one stair, an elevator overrun to allow service to the roof um, to address these areas here. But there's nothing that's occupied on this level. And then I don't even need to get into this because it's already been reviewed by the transportation and fire department in terms of how the automated parking system actually works. And uh, so have they,
1: have they
0: approved this uh, system as, as reasonable and safe and proper for this particular project?
2: I'm sorry, I didn't hear the beginning of your question. Did who? No,
0: I read, well, Tony totally mentioned the stacker parking system had been reviewed, and has somebody uh, issued a uh, a letter or a, a memo or something uh, uh, saying that this is reasonable and appropriate and safe and everything else?
2: The fire department has reviewed the stacker department at uh, stacker system proposal and they have also visited with us um, similar stacker parking in Boston to see how it operates and they and and they spent some have spent considerable time looking at this And this is a system that's regulated by the Massachusetts Elevator Board. um, And it's also regulated and will be in in Milton by the fire department. So there will be standards that have to be um, that this system has to meet to meet state standards. But the fire department will also, once they have, you know, the final detailed proposal if this if this concept is approved um they would have the ability they will have the ability to impose additional regulations as they see fit uh for example they're going to specify you know what type of access would be available to firefighters in this system what the fire call boxes are going to look like and a number of details of that nature to firefighting where the where the water is going to be brought in to fight uh if there should be a car fire and a fire in this system That's all laid out in the plans, and that's been reviewed by the fire department. We don't have a final letter from them yet because we don't have, we don't even know whether this system is acceptable from other perspectives, but uh, they have spent a lot of time on it. They believe, I I guess I I think it's fair to say, they think this system can work, and they will have something to say about um, certain rules and regulations that will apply to the system. So we don't have a, I don't think we have a letter from the fire department now saying what you're asking for. Um, department of Public Works um, has also looked at all of the plans for this development and reviewed any engineering aspects of those plans and has um, approved the design. That's as so far as we, we can tell if you
0: if For some reason, the stacker parking system was approved, but in, in a smaller uh, Degree than shown here, does that essentially sabotage the whole project?
2: You mean fewer di- fewer spaces or a smaller, No,
0: or a small, smaller smaller uh, mechanical system? I know nothing about stacker parking systems and um, well, no, I, I, I constructing the yeah. building, but it, it seems like it's a tight design, and uh, this uh, seems to be awfully uh, complicated and, and and tight as well. So. I will say that, that? we,
4: I'm sorry, we have actually done this ourselves in a project. And, and granted, this is in Boston, uh, even much tighter site than this. Um, and we've actually accommodated even more cars than this. Um, and the system has been um, done successfully in the city. Uh, one, we have one of one of them. There are more of these going on. Um, I know this is not Milton, um, but we are seeing more of this. Is also it's a way to provide. More parking um, for developments on particularly tight, tight parcels. Uh, and in some respects, it also affords um, the project to basically not overstuff parking impact on the rest of the neighborhood because it's not able to provide adequate parking for the development itself. Um, but again, we do not have a formal letter yet um, for Marion said from the departments. This is subject to current review, but they have been vetting through it. They have toured a number of these facilities in the city. Um, and has been, you know, carefully looking at this.
3: Okay, uh, I think. Thank I you. Can interject something here, Mr. Leonard. Uh, I think because the variances you're asking for, uh, specifically the height and the setbacks, they they go and the parking variance they go towards the size of the building, and the the and the variances that we have. We in order to grant the variance, we have to show we have to have evidence. That we can grant it without substantial detriment to the public good, and in this neighborhood in particular, we have to be convinced you know, a lack of parking or any issues with parking is going to be a substantial detriment to the public good. So we need to have, in my view, a clear understanding of the viability of the parking issue, um, because otherwise, I. I i need to be convinced that we're going to get we're not going to in granting these variances we're not going to uh, create something that is a substantial detriment to the public good and so the parking is 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 extremely important uh, as well as site access but we're talking about parking so i i i think it's important for us to understand how you're planning on making this work
4: absolutely no that's a very important point nick and we don't at all disagree
2: significant. I, I just want to add to that also, um, at least in my view, one key to even possibly being able to do this type of development um, on any any of these sites, these tight sites in East Milton, is the introduction of a different type of parking like this particular system, which is much more compact and is within the building. It doesn't put parking, um, doesn't spread it out on an open lot. It doesn't put it in front of the neighbor's view. Um, And what this stacker parking system does is it uses what we call in our zoning bylaw a compact parking space, but it can park a large SUV. And that's because the cars are moved around mechanically. The spaces between the levels of the parking are closer than they would be in an ordinary parking garage, and the spaces themselves are closer together. Um, and it's all done. Sort of the movement of the cars is done sort of a Rubik's cube type of movement. All done, um, elect, you know electrically with the, with the electronic movement of the spaces. Um, that's for the residential parking. And um, in terms of the number of spaces and the way the condominium would be designed and what the condominium bylaws would say, this it's our view that this is an adequate number of spaces um and and would address the parking requirements for the condominiums the other issue with this development is that we have kept two commercial areas on the first floor and they are much more challenging in terms of being able to show you know we can't show that we have offsite parking that meets the the zoning bylaw for those commercial spaces and so we, you know, we'll, we can present more of a discussion to you as we go along about that. But I, I've, I sort of separate the two issues a little bit. Um, one is the adequacy and the safety and the lack of impact for parking for the residential units. And the other issue is the, the amount of parking made available for commercial use, which does already exist on this site now and for which there really isn't any off street parking. But that's true of the whole Square. That's true of everywhere in East Milton Square. So um, it's definitely an important issue and one that sounds like you're going to want to spend a good bit of time on. Um, maybe we should just finish up going through yep. these slides yep. and then... Yep.
1: So okay, I'm
0: do one. Yep. Hold on one second. Let me, uh, let me ask you one more question, uh, uh, Marion, because I, I really tend to think this is more of a planning board issue, but I do understand that there's elements that relate to uh, the 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 standards for variances. Uh, my, my question is this. Uh, generally speaking, was this stacker uh, parking system, as, as shown on these plans, was it well received by the planning board?
2: It, my recollection is that the stacker parking was not particularly, and maybe someone could correct me on this, we certainly had lots that we discussed before the planning board and with the public, but it wasn't the stacker parking system per se, that seemed to be an issue. Um, and in fact, I'm not sure. I think I think height and density of the building probably, height in particular was a topic that came up over and over again with the neighbors. Um, and, you know, as I, as I said, we've tried to design a building that places the height away from neighbors and, and against the expressway, which is an ex, which needs blocking? Basically, it's so noisy and 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 so difficult um, that that that's the reason this whole site is being designed the way it is. Um, Ellen, anybody else recall um, whether the stacker parking per se? We did some of the planning board members did tour right. stacker parking, um, and I don't recall a lot of questions being asked, or you know.
6: Marion, I, I recall
2: issue. there was some concern about it, and that's why um, it was
6: offered up to tour a site that had this stacker parking. And I think people were surprised on how easy it worked and how well it fit. But I can, I, I don't recall any negative objections to the stacker parking. I would agree with you on that, Marion. Okay, well, Tony, why
4: don't we why don't we proceed with
0: your presentation?
6: Sure. Okay.
4: Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through these quickly because I think that again the perspectives are probably gonna be the much more things of import to you. Uh, the only thing I just simply pointing out on this bottom elevation here, which is shown along Granite Avenue, what this is just simply illustrating is that the ground floor is retail, and then from this level up, this is the residential component, with the top floor being set back here, um, particularly towards the rear portion and along Mechanic Street, and then here you can see the uh, mechanical screen that I described previously in the plan. The overall height. The 64 feet 2 inches is basically from here to here, and then this portion on the top floor is that a setback is 12 feet from here to here, and the mechanical screen is an additional 8 feet.
6: So just to be clear, Tony, the mechanical screen in the override for the the penthouse and access on for the stair to maintain this um is here. solar panels puts us into the variance for height.
4: Right, because of this.
6: Yes, yeah, so there's no living units above that 60 I can't it's 64, 64 feet two
4: inches yeah. yes yeah Ellen's correct this is just to access only for servicing the solar panels and then some uh, mechanical systems contained within this area here and we're we're
6: we're using the screen to block the um the visual of the mechanical units
1: right
4: okay great thank you um this this again this I know these are just elevations um the only thing I'm just going to point on this elevation which is facing the north-facing Mechanic Street. This is what I referred to earlier. This is the 10-foot ceiling height here that covers part of the parking, part of the building. This is here at 20 feet, which is the second floor roof deck off of that second floor units, and then the rest of it is shown here with the top floor setback uh, with the railing along the edge in this particular rear view, and you can see on the side view, and it also shows up in this side view as well. So I'm just going to go quickly here. The proposed materials for the Exterior uh, is, uh, we believe, uh, what we're trying to achieve is a high quality, durable, low maintenance. So it's a combination of primarily brick, um, some precast lintels within the areas of the window frames and other components and details. And the rest of it is essentially a fiber cement and aluminum composite rain panelized system and a granite base that is being proposed as the overall materials for the project with the intention of, again, being high quality, durable, and low maintenance. So we're just going to go right into the views. So this is the view taken along Granite Avenue here. Uh, to the left, this, of course, is the expressway uh, in Granite Avenue. And here you can see in this particular viewpoint that on the ground floor, this is the activation of retail uh, that is shown here with the end unit being the affordable. And then from here up, this is the uh, residential component. Um, and of course, this being a corner, we're setting back the top floor here. And you can see it how it's held back along the edge. This particular facade is proposed as largely brick along here facing towards granite and then it turns to the rain screen panelized system as it turns the corner and the edge. And what I mentioned before about the cantilever overhang, which you can see in kind of this um, light color uh, here, this is where a cantilever is several feet uh, beyond the retail at the bottom level, but this again allows us to maintain a wider retail sidewalk along the base. On the rear side facing Mechanic Street here, again, this shows um, what occurs, this is Mechanic Street right here along the foreground. Uh, Here you can see where we start with the 10-foot green roof deck area that covers part of the outdoor uh, parking and transformer areas, and then it steps up to the 20-foot height, which is the series of roof terraces that services those units along the back, and then it continues up uh, these uh, four stories in total from here to here. And then the again the fifth floor top level is set back an additional six feet along the rear again all with the intention of trying to scale back uh, on the residential side from this height to this height again putting the bulk of the massing and height along Graden Avenue as shown in the previous rendering as one looks along the literally across the across the highway um, which you can see here this is how the project is proposed um, it provides a I think a a a screen um, here it masses the bulk of the project to Granite Avenue, and we also do things that introduce a scale break and shift in sort of detail to help to break down the scale of the overall massing. But this is why we basically position the height and massing primarily here along the street edge, in order to not do it along the rear. And and as we come to the ground floor, the corner condition here, you can see that. Um, Really the idea is to activate this ground floor plane. Again, we want to try to make a generous sidewalk. Um, It's more generous than what exists here. We are proposing to do um, a lot of careful detailing, which includes brick pavers, uh, sidewalk that is, you know, wider planting, uh, recesses here. This this area here just pops out the lobby entrance along the street for the residences. Uh, You know, a prime real estate corner at the corner, and then as it turns, Uh, this is where you can see the base returning and then this is where we get into the some of the service area and then this is the cantilever portion that we discussed before where the residential component begins above the primary first level of retail Uh, this is just a a little this is just zeroing a little bit closer towards the actual residential entry here and again we're notching in the corners here to also break the scale along the streets providing additional opportunities for planting and to provide ways to create some relief and scale uh, for those who, pedestrians walking along the street edge. Uh, other things that I think are important just simply to note is that we are proposing a series of planting along the um, edge. This is at the backside again. This is where we have that lower parking area that's covered. Park with proposed arborvitae hedges, some green Brook planting, additional terrace planting along the residential use. Um, these are the proposed plant species. Again, these have been reviewed Shown to others with respect to ideas that planting that is durable but also has some interest and um, variety along the street and along terraces and along perimeters. Um, I'm not even getting into this. We had done a series of light uh, reflected seeing plans, but the takeaway from all of this is that we essentially are minimizing light pollution, night sky effect, basically containing the lighting within the project itself so we do not have light spillover effect to the surrounding neighbors in order to not have visual impact and light pollution. So these are simply calculation things that have been done and analyzed from a photometric standpoint um, for the project itself. Um, And again, I'm not going to get into these catalog cuts here. That's not relevant to you. The last thing I am going to just simply show here is the shadow impact. So this particular issue at the top is showing June at 9 a.m. noon and 3 p.m. And the area that is outlined in the kind of the purple, this is the shadow that is cast. By the proposed development, the darker yellow color is again uh, emphasizing that the bulk of the proposed development is really built up towards Granite Abbey. And then again, it's scaling back towards the rear. And then at September uh, months, this is what the shadow does for 9 a.m., 12 p.m., 3 p.m. And what you can also see, and maybe a little bit hard in this view, but essentially what is underneath it is that any shadow that exists um, from existing properties, this is basically in the light gray here, and then the purple represents the new shadows. Um, In December, of course, as we know, these are the deepest shadows because the sun is lowest in the sky. So again, at 9 a.m. in December, the shadow, again, most of the cases in the mornings, the shadow is largely casting all along granite. It's not casting towards the back. At noon, it begins to cast a little bit towards here. Um, uh, But again, it's primarily over uh, commercial properties here. And then the rear at 3 p.m. going back. But again, underneath that in the gray is existing shadows that already exist. And then finally coming back to the... uh, spring equinox in March, 9 a.m., 12 p.m., 3 p.m., which is quite similar to the uh, September, just in the in the spring instead of the fall. And this last shadow study compares, I'm just gonna illustrate here. This is an analysis that was asked for of the existing shadows that are cast by the buildings that occur along Granite Avenue, in this case, which is colored in purple. Um, and then we were asked to compare a four-story and five-story configuration. So four-story configuration here in this front mass is showing the additional shadows that is cast in this kind of blue-green color here against what already exists. And then if you look one step further, when we go to five stories, the red just shows, um, it's actually just a little bit more shadow that's cast here in comparison to the four-story version. And then again, this is all taken at December, so we're choosing where the deepest shadows occur in this analysis. Again, this is the existing shadows cast by the existing properties on site. Again, shown with a four-story comparison, the green again represents the difference between what this cast versus what exists. And then the the difference again in red is how much additional shadows cast if you go to five stories versus four, again, which is a modest increase. And then again, um, probably the worst case, this is of course the shadow studies at 3 p.m. in the afternoon on December, showing the existing shadows cast in purple, the proposed uh, development of four stories with the newer shadows cast in the blue, Against existing, and again, finally, and the shadow studies that uh, with a five-story component, with the red just outlining where additional shadows cast beyond the four-story height. So that concludes the presentation here. Thank you very much for your patience and bearing with us. And now, we'll defer to comments and questions. Thank
0: you very much, Tony. We appreciate uh, Jeffrey. Do you have any comments or questions? I was
5: wondering if the signage is an accurate representation of what's proposed. I'm sorry, could you repeat the question? Is the signage an accurate representation of what's proposed? Uh,
4: uh, no, this is this is this is simply um, placeholder. But I think what we would do is to con- control. We want to control the signage on the development. But at the moment, we are showing two retail um, uh, components. But of course, ultimately, who goes into these businesses uh, will have impact on what the signage is.
6: And would have to go before the signed committee in town.
4: Yes.
1: Nick, uh, how about you?
0: Do you have any questions?
3: Uh, Nothing at the moment, further to what I've already said. Thanks. Okay,
0: I I don't have any further uh, questions at the present time. So, uh, Marion, where do we go from here?
2: (laughs) Well, I think you might want to go to public comment unless you want me to. Review, parking and traffic um, peer review. I, I I've given you a memo that summarizes all of those studies. I'm not sure uh, you want me to go I, through. No, it. I
0: think I think your suggestions your suggestions well taken. Um, let me uh, let me ask uh, Crystal. Uh, Crystal, is there any member of the uh, uh, the public who has their hands raised and wants to be heard on, on the issues we've
1: just discussed?
3: Hello. I see two hands raised, John. I'm not that I can control it.
7: Yes, hold on. I'm just promoting them over right now.
1: Oh
3: great. Thank you.
7: You're welcome. Andrew and Suzanne.
1: Mr. Damato. Mr. D'Amato, are you there? They're, they've they both been promoted
7: over. They're just on mute, so I don't,
1: I'm not sure. Okay. Well, maybe
0: you, you, Andrew, can you remove your mute so you can be heard?
8: Hello? Yes, Mr. Hello? D'Amato. Ah, there we go. Wasn't working for a while. Good. Good. Welcome the, uh, to the. Well, the, joys the, of, uh, the joys of the joys of Zoom. I can't wait until we uh, can get back live on these meetings. Believe me, um, <laughs> <laughs> Andrew. DeMotto, Why you, Yep. <clears throat> sure. What, what's Andrew DeMotto, uh, twenty-six Parish Street, Priesting Seven, uh, Town Meeting Member, Board of the East Milton Neighborhood Association. Um, so, wow, uh, we've been through not ten but fourteen uh, planning board meetings with this project. Uh, the neighbors have been really involved and um, to be honest with you, I think the um, they withdrew from the planning board because of probably unfavorable recommendations coming their way. This project really has been uh, substantially unchanged since the first meeting. Uh, you can go back and look at it and look at the plans it's the same height the same density uh, and some of the small changes that were made weren't really well received from everyone and and that's uh, you know I know that's ambiguous to say not received by anyone but uh, some people didn't like the fact that the art studio uh, space was uh, taking an amenity or a possible amenity from the neighborhood, and they were really sort of worried about the hours in which an artist might be uh, be working. Um, this project takes nine variances, and that's not including, you know, parking loading zone res- relief. Um, simply put, I think this project, uh, as currently proposed, does not fit the lot at all. And I know. Uh, Ms. McTetric has said it's a difficult uh, space in which to build and I couldn't agree with her more uh, except I think it doesn't fit the lot or the neighborhood so much so that it needs substantial changing before the neighborhood is going to accept it. You know it doesn't look like any other building in the neighborhood or for that matter the town. Um, You know just to quote some of the master plan volume one. Uh, while ensuring that new harmonious with the character of the neighborhood, well, you know, th- there's not a concrete skinned building uh, like this in our whole town, much less this neighborhood. Looks more like an ink block building. Um, you know, create compelling mixed use centers that balance the community scale with business, housing, and public spaces. There's no balance there preserve and enhance individual character of Milton's neighborhood, including the natural and historic features. You know, it just doesn't fit on that level. But I think, you know, one of the bigger problems is the parking. Um, you know, the sheer, shared parking shell game is, it shouldn't be allowed, to be to be honest, it shouldn't be allowed to count as spots. There are two visitors parking spaces for thirty four units. and um, I'm not I'm not sure how many bedrooms i I don't have that in front of me, but that's not enough. Um, you know, as far as having the uh, the four spaces that you know, which one of them is blocked in if you look at it. so it's four spaces, but one of them has to be, you know willing to be blocked in. So those four spaces are, are only going to be used at night for visitors so you have two visitor spaces during the day for 34 units so where are those people going to park when they come to visit you know uh, after the second person uh, you're going to park in the neighborhood of course you're going to park in the neighborhood and um, you know I I think the burden of parking is is tough and it's, it's it's a tough thing the you know the stacker parking Um, you know, there's, it's not even close to being okay. There's no okay from the fire department. There's no okay from any other department, really, that counts. Um, what if this, what if this system is glitchy? Let's say it takes a little while to get your car. I know they're going to say it takes four minutes to get your car, which is ridiculous. So if it's glitchy, as a resident, yeah, I'm going to say, you know what, I, I gotta go to the store now. And then, you know, in a couple hours have to go somewhere else. So I, I'm just, I'm not going back in that Vendomatic machine. I'm going to park on a street because I'm going back out. Again, putting burden on the neighborhood. Uh, you know, if it takes time to get, to get the car out, it's, it's going to be even worse. I, and I know, you know, Quincy, the city of Quincy, which is a city, does not allow this type of parking. So I'm wondering why a town of Milton is even considering this. Uh, it, it just doesn't, it just doesn't seem like it's, it's going to work. Um, you know, and I, I strongly suggest that we ask to reduce the size of this building, uh, maybe consider four floors, maybe consider any sort of um, change. Uh, because, like I said earlier, really there hasn't been any substantial changes to this since day one, um, and it doesn't fit with the master plan. It doesn't fit the neighborhood, uh, and and I can honestly tell you, most of my neighbors uh, want something there and they want to uh, enhance that area, but this is just not the project as current as currently uh, proposed. And uh, so that's it. Thank you.
0: Great. Thanks, Mr. D'Amato. We appreciate your uh, comments. Uh, is it Ms. Lombard or Lombardi?
9: Yeah, hi. Uh, Suzanne Lombardi, 26 Pierce Street. Um, I mean, I agree with everything Mr. D'Amato said. Um, <clears throat> I did want to just comment quickly on the stacked parking. Um, and again, Mr. D'Amato has already said it, but I love my neighbors on Pier Street, but they don't even pull into their driveways. I mean, it's just human nature that you know you you want things to be convenient. And like uh, Mister demano said, you know, it's not you're not always parked for eight hours at a time. So you're going to end up doing what's convenient, and the stacking parking situation just for me, wouldn't be convenient, and, you know, I can't believe that all of those cars aren't going to end up in our neighborhoods. Um, that's all I have to say. Thanks for your time.
0: Good. Thank you for uh, appearing and and, and speaking. Uh, Crystal, is there anybody else out there who has their hand raised?
7: You're with me. There, There is. I just transferred um, Nancy Costello to the panelists. Hello.
1: Are you there?
10: Can you hear me? Yes.
1: Yes, I
10: can hear you. Hi. So uh, my name is Nancy Costello, and I live at 15 Mechanic Street, which is the first house on the right when you're coming down the street off of Adams Street. And the number one thing, obviously, that we're opposed to is the height of this building which is five stories and they quickly went through the those slides of the shadow. Um, I'm not sure that the first three slides um, depicted the shadow correctly um, basically the five stories puts our house in shadow starting at noontime. Starting October like the end of October like around the 19th straight through March 1st. And we enjoy the sun all winter long, which is very low in the sky and goes along the side of our house. We get a lot of um, the heat from the sun in the winter time, warms the house right up. And basically the five stories is going to throw our house into shadow um, for like the coldest months of the year. And let alone the the sheer height just looming over our backyard with their uh proposed balconies off that side of the building that's uh facing citizens bank parking lot so i don't know if those those first few slides of the shadow study i'm not sure that they're in the right direction i know there was an issue before where they had the sun coming up in the wrong direction with the planning board we've corrected the
6: slides fyi those we first did.
10: ones with the purple are, are
6: correct? Yes, Mrs. Costello. We did. Um, and I, I don't know if we show them again. I don't know what's appropriate, but we did. We, we yeah. did change it.
10: So that, that's my, obviously, my biggest complaint. The building's going to throw me into darkness for a good part of the year.
0: Okay. Uh, thank, thank you for your uh, your comments and for attending. Uh, Thank you. Crystal, is there any, anybody else out there who wants to be heard on, on the yes. present stage? I'm
7: going to promote um, Andrew back over and Lori Connolly.
1: Is it Lori Connolly? Yes. Okay. Ms. Connolly, are you there?
11: she's on mute. Sorry, I wasn't sure if Mr. Damano was going next. Um, I would just, oh, Lori Connolly, Century Lane. So I'm on the other side of the expressway, but I'm in the square very frequently. Um, I'm also a town meeting member, if I'm supposed to say that. Um, I just want to, I just want to say I think the building is enormous. I think getting off of the expressway right there is challenging. I think parking, as everyone has said, is an issue. There's I'm last week I was in the square trying to run an errand and I couldn't park. I came home. I just gave up. So retail, I didn't get to go spend my money in the square. So if we don't have enough parking, which this does not seem to give, Um, I think that's not going to help the businesses. I mean, I think mixed use is great. I think we need something there. I think it would be nice if it was, you know, maximum three stories. I understand um, that. I I don't think I understand the stacker system. I would love to learn, you know, where I could go see one and see it work. I don't think 1.25 or 1.4 cars is reasonable. At all for a unit, um, everyone I know has two cars, one per person, so i don't I don't understand how we think you know to other folks point how we would end up having um, enough space that they aren't going to go into the neighborhood there it just doesn't seem like there's room. and with the you know, Mrs. McKtrick gave a nice speech about Gridley Bryant, and it was the railway district and I would think that we'd want to try to capitalize on that from a design perspective. And this looks just like the ink block and it just doesn't fit the character of the town at all. So thank you. Okay, great. Thank
0: you. Uh, Ms. Connolly. Let's see. Uh, Mr. D'Amato, do you want to come back
1: and do you have another comment? Hello?
8: Mr. D'Amato, yes. Uh, do you have yes. another yeah. comment? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. I actually had a, I had a question and um, or a couple of questions, and it, it, it revolves around the commercial um, aspect. Uh, where is there employ, dedicated employee parking? Because there there's going to be two businesses, maybe. Six employees? I don't know. Um, is there is there going to be dedicated employee parking? Where's employee parking going to go? Is there going to be a dedicated UPS slash FedEx um, uh, spot? And if that is on Granite Ave, um, you know, I, I don't know if that's appropriate to... I, I think that should be off Granite Ave and not take away from the existing parking that's there. And, um, and then on, you know, is there gonna be delivery vans? I know there, there's, a, the slide that's up now has a florist in uh, there and if a, a florist shop should enter that space. You know, florist shops have numerous delivery vans and, and, and how's that gonna be, how's that gonna work? And uh, also on the stacked parking, to be an attendant to that or is this self served because if you know if there's an emergency sort of situation where this thing's you know gets jammed up in stock and there's uh, you, you know there's someone on it um how do they get out is there uh is there means for that and there's there's is there someone who's trained uh in this stacking system that would support those kind of uh situation should they occur, which, uh, you know, hopefully they don't, but you have to plan for that. So, if I could get answers on that, I, I would be uh, greatly appreciative.
0: Okay, great. Uh, thank you. Uh, Marion, uh, who's going to address uh, dedicated employee parking, UPS? Uh, one, of the, the, uh, one of the
2: recommendations that the planning board gave was that the off-street commercial parking be employee parking and one reason for that is that one of the spaces is a tandem space which I think some another comment was made about um, one car is parked in back of the other so uh, you know we were we we're not presenting that as a requirement right now because we haven't been through that process but that's what they thought that parking should be um and as you know there are parking spaces in East Milton Square that businesses can um i believe they pay an annual fee for to to so their employees will be able to park in them their designated spaces in addition so for the commercial spaces i would say that employees would park in in either the rear parking area or in a designated space in the square that the business Well pays for. um yeah.
1: that
2: that I'm just telling you what the plan would be, not addressing really, you know, is that adequate or, sure. Not, or whatever. Sure. Thank you. The, the second aspect of commercial parking, of course, is customer parking. And uh, well, I mean, clearly this parking design for the commercial space requires the variance because it doesn't meet the town's requirement, which would be for every 200 square feet of commercial area, you have to have an off-street parking space. And this is kind of the dilemma or the situation that you have in East Milton Square, that if you want to redevelop a building or a site, um, there's no parking lot. There's no place for for commercial um, customers to park. They have to park in the street. They park in the street now. Um, So what we proposed here is not to change the commercial use. We still have two spaces. The square footage would be somewhat larger, but not a great deal larger. And as you can see from the time that we first um, filed this application, we reduced the commercial parking space from 4,100 square feet to 2,600 square feet. And part of it is for this reason, that we're looking for a variance because the parking can't be off-site. It it has to be, um, you know, parking on Granite Ave for these businesses because they'll open onto Granite Ave. And um, that is not allowed in the parking bylaw. So it's a so it's a variance issue. Um, on, as to the FedEx and delivery sites, again, what this parking, what this site design calls for is creating a 60-foot-long um, area um, subject to approval by the town that would be a loading zone on Granite Avenue. And that would be for FedEx trucks, UPS trucks, and delivery vans, moving vans, small vans that would be bringing something into the florist shop. If there is going to be a florist shop, this is a con- concept. We don't know who the tenant would be. That we know it won't be a restaurant um, because that's a high intensity use. Um, so, so the, the design for um, on street delivery site on Granite Ave. To my best of my recollection. Um, the planning board was cautiously supportive of that particular concept, not that there weren't questions about other aspects of the development, but that that wasn't particularly uh, an issue once we had expanded that parking space that that um, delivery space to three spaces from the original proposal for two spaces um, again, now for stack the the stacked parking is managed by. A, a parking um, firm and they have um, 24-hour um, contact attendance so that if there is a problem there's someone who can be contacted and can can address it. Um, there is a generator so you know if there's an electricity uh, blackout or something like that the system still works. Um, I We usually have the uh, had the parking company come in to answer questions about how exactly that works. Um, but I can tell you that um, it's managed by an independent firm that would be engaged by the condominium. And it and they um, do operate these systems in a number of places in Boston. And we would be happy, you know, we provided opportunities for the planning board to visit an operating stacker parking facility um, and I think would be helpful um, if someone else wants to visit one, and you you you're seriously interested in whether this can work or not, um, to take a look at at one in actual operation, and we could make that opportunity available.
0: Are you, are you telling us that to the best of your belief, but it, it's a self-serve system with an attendant? Yes, the there event?
2: is there is no attendant, and, and correct me if I'm wrong about this, Michael and and Ellen, but there is no attendant on site 24 hours but there is an attendant that um, can be contacted immediately press of a button electronic communication if there is any kind of problem the fire department was very interested in the issue of um you know how you get people out if there if there is despite all of this supposedly well working system if someone is stuck on the first floor or the third floor People are not in their cars, you realize, when they're inside this parking system. But if there's a problem with a car, um, a car fire or some other issue, um, there the fire department was wanted to be to understand how it would be able to access the system. There's a large mechanical box within the building. That is something that the fire department knows how to enter and access. And that's how they're able to get into the system if they have to for emergency purposes. That's not too detailed, but that's a general answer to how you would be, how you would handle an emergency in a system like this.
4: Um, but I will say one other thing, too, um, if I may, that um, these systems in many cases, one of the reasons why they're also being used, um, besides increasing the density, is that they're much more environmentally um friendly because the amount of not toing and throwing in garages and other things reduces the carbon impact and the and the niche of fossil fuels. Plus, the this system has the ability to essentially have any space be set up for electrical EB plugins. And, and I didn't I forgot to mention this, but one of the key things about this development too is that we're trying to do a really sustainable development. It's going to go all electric. Um, we're going to do things to increase you know efficiency, thermal here is the solar PVs. We're really trying to create um, environmentally impact uh, design, which we think is also a very significant statement uh, that this developer or client is willing to undertake for this development. So uh, so the stacker system actually, from an environmental standpoint, is actually much more sustainable than conventional garages, by comparison. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: Marion, do you have uh, another witness you want to present? Or how do, how do you wish to proceed?
2: Um, I well I just ask uh, Ellen and Tony whether um there's anything that they want to add to the presentation at this point. Um I, the, only, the only thing I
6: would ask, I would just recommend, and I you, you kind of said it, Marion, is the just to take the mystery out of the stacker parking. I think we can arrange it with um our client to uh have a field trip to go look at one of these because it it's 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 become becoming more commonplace, and it quite um, it, it's used quite a bit in Boston. But once people see it, they usually understand it, and it's a very simple system.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: Marion, where do we go from here?
2: <laughs> well, I think where we go is um if if you look if you're sure there are no other comments this evening. Um, We would like the time to address, um, you know, more fully some of the comments that have been made tonight um, and to consider some of the input that we've received. And so I think we'd be asking you to um, schedule another date so that we can return. And if we have additional information we want to provide, we can do it at that time. Um, You know, I... I mean, there's some pretty large issues here that we've talked about tonight. Um, I think we need some time to go back and decide what we wanna do at the next meeting. I, what okay, do you think? Um, sorry.
1: Let
0: me, no, that's all right. No, I appreciate your, uh, your candor and your comments. Uh, Mr. Mullen, do you wanna uh, address the issue of whether we should continue this uh, for uh, another period to... Uh, hear more comments uh, and uh, answers to questions or uh,
5: do you think that is that's not prudent at this stage? Of well, this? No, I, I, uh, I would be concerned, of, uh, I mean, you know, John, you're the chair and, and you've been on the board uh, longer than I have been on the board. <laughs> just collectively a long time, but you know, we all know that our next step is to consider a vote, i'm I'd be concerned about voting on this at this time. So if the next avail- if the next best option for the board is to continue this so that we can hear additional testimony, then then I would be in favor of that. I had a couple of uh, comments and suggestions. The first is um, uh, to, to Mr. Gray's point, the project's very dense, and a lot of the relief being sought is being driven by the density of the project. I'd appreciate. Um, something, or at least pointing me to perhaps it's already in the record, the the need for this project to be as dense as it is. Is it based on the economics? Is it based on the recognition that Milton needs housing and that there are certain affordability issues here? I, I, I'd like, I don't want to debate that now, but I think it would be helpful to understand what's driving the density. Number two, Um, I think it would be helpful whatever's in the whatever's in writing from the fire department or the planning director I'm sorry community development director or the planning board I think we should enter that into the record in this proceeding because that supplemental material about or from the from the neighbors Um, I'm interested in what the neighbors have said and I I think we should build the record to to include that and then the third point is I appreciate the comments in the 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 look of the building to the ink block. I think this building looks a lot like the Ashmont Tire building. Um, And uh, if people want to, I mean, that's just me. It's directly across the street from the Ashmont station, the corner of Dorchester Avenue, and it's across from Beale Street there. That building is six stories. It's a little bit bigger, but it's at the corner. It's gray. It's got retail at the ground floor. The look and the feel, I, I immediately thought of that when I looked at this building so if people want to get an idea of what it would look like. I know Nick Gray can just take his uh, his bicycle up Dodd Avenue. he'll be there and <laughs> he'll be there in a jiffy. It's, it's less than two miles from his house. So John may have to. John's going to have to get on the trolley, and he can get off. He can get off uh, at Ashmont Station and just walk across the street. But um, anyway, that that's you all.
0: Can I- give me directions uh, how to get to Ashmont Square, uh, Mr. Mullin,
5: so I won't get lost? John, if you're telling us that on your journey, your life journey from South Boston to Milton, you did not pass through Dorchester, I'm going to say that that is not true.
0: <laughs> let me uh, uh, let, let me ask you: uh, uh, Do you have any other comments? Do you have any other
5: comments? I, I think that's enough, That's
0: enough. For okay, great. M- let me uh, before I get to Mr. Gray, uh, l- let me just ask you, Marion um if uh, if we do uh, continue this uh, do you have a a sense whether the uh, Milton town planner has been consulted on this application and has formed any opinions on on the application i don't i don't think mr szuszinsky is here tonight i couldn't but wrong what i can tell you that.
2: is that i can give you a copy of a memo from the town planner that was written last november to the planning board as a recommendation that they approve the site plan approval, keeping in mind the criteria for site plan approval is not the same as the criteria for a variance.
10: Well, um, well, you but I will it.
2: provide that memo so that you can see how he evaluated the project at that time, and, and there are a number of the issues that you're talking about here that are referenced in that memo. Um, that is the written that is a written document that I that we have. It's a public document. Um and from the fire department, um, I know I'll I'll go back and see if we at least have emails or something to that effect because we did have meetings, they did go and look at the site. We had a considerable discussion. I think it's been left, you know, kind of waiting for the final design plan and what regulations they would impose. That that was, and I don't know what we have in writing, but I'll get together whatever we have, I would provide that for you for the next meeting. If we have any written information or any further comment that they can, the fire department can provide on the density yeah. issue. Um, that I'd like to address that at the next meeting. I know the developer would have information uh, rather than you know make comments tonight. Sort of randomly gathered together. It's it's a valid, um, very basic question. Why are we proposing a project at this density um, and which? results in the need for, you know, some variances and a special permit for height. Um, I think the answer that's going to come back um, in more detail is that it costs a lot of money to build a building here because of the difficulties of the um, expressway impact and so forth. It has to be highly, very heavily insulated because of the, um, the lack of availability of parking in East Milton Square any new development proposed for this site has to figure out a solution to parking. And this building has proposed um, the enclosed automated parking system, which is more expensive and is, is ends up being part of the way the building is constructed and contributes to the need for a certain height because the enclosed parking and the commercial space has to have an 18-foot height on the first floor. We should we need to consolidate that justification for you, and I'd like to give that to you um, prior to the next meeting if that would be acceptable.
0: Okay, no, that, that'd certainly be uh, helpful. Let me just ask you another question. It's uh, kind of a precursor to uh, if we continue this for another period of time, and, and, and that is, uh, has, has this project been uh, reviewed or demonstrated to the select board? And uh, does, has the select board indicated that they uh, endorse in principle, at least not in technical detail, uh, this particular application or have they taken no position in, on this. Application?
2: In July uh, 2021, yes, it has been um, not in huge detail, but we have met we met with the select board. They gave the, our architects provided a presentation somewhat similar to what you were looking at tonight. Um, They had um, some input on affordable units, a number of affordable units, and other aspects of the design. Um, They did not vote in their first meeting. They took a second meeting, um, and I believe they voted four of the selectmen at that time, and they're a different selectmen now, the select persons. um, Select board members, that's the term now. Um four of the five voted to approve that, that they approved the project while they it is not in their jurisdiction to approve it, but that they supported it. One a member of the select board did not want to vote without um, you know, wanted us to have more discussion with neighbors, I guess I would put it that way. And 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 that's the way it was left. Um we've also met with the affordable. <clears throat> The um, Affordable Housing Trust, um, we met with the um, Master Plan Implementation Committee. Um, Most of the discussion was about the type of uh, the need for different types of housing in town, the fact that these smaller units were going to be designed for older residents who wanted to move from a single family home into a into a condominium where they would it would be less likely to need two cars that was a fundamental part of the design of the project and also that it would be attractive to younger purchasers um, who again would not have two cars single persons and that kind of thing Um, and that this, this was a different type of housing that Milton does not have and that this was an attempt to fill that a need for a different type of housing um, so we met with those three committees, we did add an affordable unit as a result of some of those meetings, and the um, mixed, the sort of, um, but the proposal, and it's just a proposal at this point, that one of the units be located on the first floor, which has higher ceilings, and that it could be a work, um, live work space, um, certainly appealed to some people, and so we thought we would put that out as an option. Um, we understand that um there's sort of a competing interest in commercial space. <laughs> and originally that's that was commercial space in the original design. Um, and the the obstacle simply is the parking problem. There's just a problem in terms of being able to show that, you know, we can't show off-site parking on this size and this this small parcel. Um and we would need, you know, the parking bylaw, the town's zoning bylaw calls for offsite parking, new off-site parking for a new building. So um, we decided that it would be wiser to propose something that was much closer to the existing commercial space um, that's there now, so that we would at least not be reducing that commercial space in the building.
0: So, and what, if, if we do continue this hearing, uh, Mrs. mcetrick uh, what what are you looking for in terms of a continuance to give you a chance to respond and to do any other due diligence that you think is necessary?
2: Well, I'd like to have probably several weeks, maybe a month. I mean, you know, but I like to get material, written material into you a week before the hearing. What do you think, yep. um, Alan and, and Michael? Tony?
1: I think a month is good, night.
2: Okay. Do you think you could,
1: we could
0: okay. do a month? I don't know. We're going to hear from Mr. Gray. I don't want to isolate uh, Nick. Uh, Nick, do you have any uh, comments? And uh, Yeah, whether,
3: whether um, you... I do. Um, so here's the thing. We're not sitting as a 40B panel granting, thank God, we're not sitting as a 40B panel <laughs> granting a comprehensive permit, right? Right. We're, you're asking us for variances. Among, among the things that you need to make this project work are a number of variances. The, this, as I said at the beginning of the hearing, the standard for the variance is extremely strict. We have to specifically find that be, because of soil conditions, the shape of the lot, the shape of the land, or the topography of the land, that's, a, that's especially affecting this piece of land and not other land in the area. So that a literal enforcement of the bylaw is going to involve substantial hardship, financial or otherwise, to the petitioner. Okay, I heard nothing about the soil conditions of affect of this area of requiring the need for the variance. I heard nothing about the topography of this land requiring a variance and aside from the size and the triangular shape i heard nothing about you know the shape of the lot that really requires a variance as to the height or as to anything i i, I just i find it re, i'm finding it really hard to believe that there is any set of circumstances that the applicant's going to be able to tell us that's going to meet the standard now if if out of fairness having said what I've, at the comments I've made at the at this hearing, um, I'm willing to entertain if my fellow board members think it's worth our time to have an extension, you know, to grant a continuance to hear more evidence on it. But I am extremely skeptical, okay? I just don't think we're going to find the the evidence necessary to meet the very specific requirements of Section 10 of Chapter 48. I just, I just, I'm not seeing it. And that's, and maybe that'll change after another hearing, I don't know. But I I, I urge the applicant to go, you know, not to really dig into the, the specific language of Section 10 and help connect the dots for me as to have why any of these variances fit within that standard. Because I'm, so what I've seen tonight I don't see that. Maybe my fellow board members do, but but I don't. Um, and I think we have to be unanimous on the granting of a variance if I remember anything. And that's and, th- and that part of the analysis, I haven't heard anything about hardship yet. So though those are two out we've got those two prongs of the analysis. And the third one is that there's some relief that we can craft assuming the other conditions we can make those specific findings, that there's some relief that we can grant that's not going to be a substantial detriment to the public good and doesn't nullify the intent of the bylaw. So if the bylaw exists for anything, it seems to me it exists to prevent a homeowner who lives on Mechanic Street from having a five-story building shadow her house for six months of the year ha you know in from noon on okay I mean so that that's what I'm struggling with so I'm happy to hear what my other board members have to feel about a continuance i'm I'd, I'd like to you know if if we think it's helpful I'm happy to to you know give the time for another hearing
0: okay thank thank you mr. gray I think mr Mullen has already indicated that he um, does not object to having a further hearing on this. Uh, I think from my perspective, uh, Mrs. McGettrick has been very candid that she wants to have an opportunity to review these issues in further detail. Uh, like it or not, this is a, uh, a sophisticated development. It's, uh, the uh, witnesses are very skilled, they're uh, well, well recognized in the industry, and um, it, we we want to give everyone the opportunity. Uh, to have the full opportunity to present whatever they want to, and uh, considering uh, the fact that uh, we've been involved in 40B cases for the last uh, 10 months, maybe 12 or 14 or 16 months, uh, the applicant has been very solicitous uh, of the board and its uh, scheduling difficulties, and I, I really think that uh, reciprocity is uh, that is certainly. And uh, cordiality is certainly uh, uh, called for under uh, these uh, these circumstances. Um, I just I have to say we have sat on 350 40b hearings, and to uh, give uh, Mrs. McKettrick and her team uh, another period of time to uh, reassess uh, this application and and some of the issues that have come up. Um, I think is, uh, is is a fair request, it's a reasonable request, and under the particular circumstances that we've been operating under, I think would be doing a disservice uh, to uh, the applicant and, and the board in, in not doing so. So uh, uh, Jeffrey, unless you are going to violently object to a continuance here, um, are you generally available in about a month's time? Yes. <clears throat> okay, Crystal, yes. uh, you have your trustee calendar there and uh, have uh, some dates you can propose and we can see if they're convenient to uh, Mrs. McEtrick and uh, the
7: applicant? I do. So the November 30th is a Wednesday, which is opened. Um, and then going into December... Honestly, everything is pretty open at this point for the month of December.
9: So whatever, Mary, is,
7: what, whatever is convenient.
1: Okay. Uh, what suits your fancy?
2: Well, I would, I would, at least for my schedule, November 30th would probably be good. Uh, I, we don't want to waste the board's time. We're going to get together our arguments and give you our best shot at the next meeting. I can tell you that. I understand you've had to sit through many, many hearings in the last year and a half. Um, And I know this is a complex proposal, and it's formidable in terms of uh, grasping, you know, what the justification is for the variances. So we'll do our best, we'll give you our our best information. Um, uh, I can I can provide, I I would point out one thing, Um, on the planning board website, is all the material that was submitted for the Planning Board hearings. I'm not asking the Board of Appeals to go and and troll through that and read it, but for the use of the general public, I'm not sure. Um, I will provide references to locate information that is on that website. I will provide the Planning Board memo that I referenced. I don't see a lot of point in taking material that's on the Planning Board website and moving it over to the Board of Appeals website. But I'll provide a guide to where it can be found. So for example, there are comments that have been provided by the neighborhood association in East Milton and responses to those comments that were provided by the develop, the, the, the developer, the applicant. Um, there is a memo, there was a memo from the planning board um, director towards the end of the planning board discussion. I will provide that directly because it's a town document. Um, and I will look through and see if there's anything else of that nature that I should be drawing your attention to so that you will have the full picture. However, the, the points that you've made tonight uh, go right to the heart of what makes this a difficult application before your board. We'll do our best to provide our arguments next time and hope you'll give us fair consideration. But And, and I know you will. So we just appreciate the time that you're you're willing to put into this. If we can do the thirtieth, that would be great for me. If it's okay for everyone else,
0: fine. I think it is with Mr. Mullen and uh, Mr. Gray as well. Uh, I it, yeah, can... it,
3: I will be. <laughs> <laughs> There's a potential that I will be out of the state for three to four weeks at a trial, in the middle of the country, um, but it may settle. So as as long as you know, I can participate via zoom uh I guess it doesn't matter that's the only um, obvious you know that's my only it, it may not be a factor I'm just I'm just throwing it out there so the 30th yeah, yeah. is otherwise fine with me I'll just I'm assuming whatever hotel I'm staying in will will have Wi-Fi
0: <laughs> let me let me ask you this because I'm always apprehensive when people start talking about the middle of the country uh, it,
3: um, it, it's a city worry.
0: When is, when is say, your trial when is your trial starting when are you leaving it town It is scheduled to
3: start on the 28th of November and could go 3 weeks
0: Okay so why why don't we just go uh, a little uh, go the 25th or 26th or something like that before you leave is that putting you under too much pressure
3: Not me it's just it, it's, it's it would totally be if, if the, I just I want the applicant to have all the time they need to prepare what they want to submit Absolutely How long is your trial how long is your trial going to be Nick uh, I, it, it, could days. it could be three uh, weeks. It could be three weeks. I I just I'm, I'm just sitting there and, and as a plaintiff, letting them do their thing. I'm not I'm not arguing it. Um, okay. So I just I just have to be there. It could settle, but I just I you know I I don't know. It looks like it's going to go at this point. So, um, Crystal,
0: let me ask let me ask Crystal a question. Crystal, do we have something? Around the twenty sixth, twenty uh, seventh of November. Yes. Yeah, that,
7: yeah. so that's Thanksgiving's the twenty fourth. Yep. Um, in the twenty fifth, we could do the twenty second, the Tuesday, the twenty second. I don't know if that's too short of a period
0: that, of time. Give you enough time, Marion. The other alternative, we we do the twenty second, or if you need more time, uh, we we go into. Uh, uh, December,
7: right,
0: which is a long time,
7: Marion, I
6: think we're going to need more time than the the twenty second. I just want to be sure we have all the documents
3: that we need for this yeah. group. So, what date works best for you? Because I I'm sure I, the, you know no court is going to be in session at seven o'clock in the evening. You know, out in the in Missouri. So. Um, even though it's an hour behind, um, so I'm sure I'll, if I'll be available, in, you know, in the in 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 a box from a different place. It it, it should be fine. I I don't I don't think it's going to be a factor. I just mentioned it because I was a little nervous, but I think it'll be all right. Okay,
0: so then let let's do this. Let let's do the thirtieth, and if if God forbid, uh, Mr. Gray is uh, not able to be present, for Technology reasons, or or if he's in jail in contempt of court, or something I like that. I certainly hope not. <laughs> we'll, we'll do our best to bail you out, and uh, thank you. Uh, we'll continue this into December if we have to. So, if it's all right with everyone, uh, we're going to continue this hearing to November thirtieth, which is a Wednesday, at uh, at seven p.m. and expect uh, additional materials from Mrs. McKetrick uh, prior to the hearing. All right. Okay, so uh, uh, thank you for uh, spending uh, two hours with us, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you on the thirtieth at seven o'clock uh, for a continuation on this matter and um, see if we can uh, resolve all the issues at, at that particular time. So, thank you very much for your presentation. Uh, have a have a good uh, November.
4: Thank you very much. For Thank
0: offer. you. Thank, good you.
7: Good Thank you. Good
1: night. Okay, good night. Good night. Good night, good night. Good night everyone.